Tonight we're in chapter two of our Bible study, but it's interesting. What's the title of that chapter? Faith. 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 Yeah. Wow, we're coming around that faith mountain again. I know. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay. But we heard two promises tonight from Hosea 14, right? And I'm going to read it. For those that weren't here, hopefully they're listening online. Hosea 2, verse 14, Therefore, behold, I will allure her, and I will bring her into the wilderness, referring to the bride, and speak comfort to her. I will give her her vineyards from there, and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there, as in the days of her youth, as in the days when she came up from the land of Egypt. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer call me my master. For I will take from her mouth the names of the Baals and they shall be remembered by their name no more. In that day, I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, with the creeping things of the ground, bow and sword of battle. I will shatter from the earth to make them lie down safely. Safely, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. That was a promise that we heard tonight. Do you believe it? We also had a promise, a word from Justin, that God sees us seeking him and promises if we keep seeking him, if we keep turning away from those other distractions or worldly things that constantly are tugging on our heart, on our eyes, on our desires, if we keep turning to the Lord, he promised he's going to fill us, fill us to overflowing. Do you believe that? Do you believe those two promises that were made to us tonight? Because tonight we're looking at the topic of praying in faith. And God gave us two promises tonight that we could pray in faith. Back to him. Lord, you said, you promised. I'm going to hold on to it. See, when you hear something like that being said in service, don't be afraid to write it down. I know I say this a lot, but write it down because the reason to write it down is so that you can look back at it the day he said it, and then you can look back and see, is God doing this in me? Do I see God doing this in my life? It's a good habit to get into. There is a prayer for the preparation for this Bible study by Thomas A. Akempis. And maybe we could pray this out loud together. Give us, O Lord, steadfast hearts that cannot be dragged down by false loves. Give us courageous hearts that cannot be worn down by trouble. Give us righteous hearts that cannot be sidetracked by unholy and unworthy goals. Give to us also, our Lord God, 
understanding to know you, diligence to look for you, wisdom to recognize you, and a faithfulness that will bring us to see you face to face. Isn't it interesting that the two promises that God gave us tonight fit into that prayer? And again, neither one of those two knew anything that we're looking at tonight. So God is speaking to his bride. He's speaking to us. It's so encouraging to know that. Can someone read that paragraph there on page nine? It's on the handout. If you could read it out loud. Awesome, right? That quote there. And it's really a summary of everything we studied in the last Bible study we did. You know, the reality is why go to God unless we really believe that he is, right? And that he hears us when we cry out to him. And like we heard tonight, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He meets them. He does meet them. James 1 verses 6 through 8 says, But let him ask in faith without any doubting. This was the memory verse for that week too. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea and tossed by the winds. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So we see there in verse 6, through eight, a person that is asking for wisdom needs to ask in faith without doubting that God is going to grant them the wisdom that they need for whatever the situation might be that is before them. The problem is sometimes we keep reasoning it, reasoning it, reasoning it with our natural reasoning mind that we reason ourselves totally out of, well, is this really God or is this not God or not? I don't know. I'm totally confused. But if we ask for wisdom by faith, as a mom, as a wife, as a homeschooler, you know, as a new mama, you know, as with the vet, working at the vet's office with different ones that come and maybe you have to give them a bad report from one of the animals that they, that they love so dearly. You know, Lord, give me wisdom to know how to respond in this situation. But then believe in my faith that whatever comes out of your mouth will be the wisdom needed for that moment. It will be the wisdom that's needed for that moment. God is faithful in that way. A person should ask for wisdom and faith without doubting. The basis for confidence is not just the fact that we exercise faith, but the person in whom we place our faith in. We've heard that over and over again, right? Our faith is in our Abba Father. 
I love this quote here on prayer. It says, we need not exert ourselves and try to force ourselves to believe or try to chase doubt out of our hearts. Both are just useless. It begins to dawn on us that we can bring everything to Jesus, no matter how difficult it is. And we need not be frightened away by our doubts or our weak faith, but only tell Jesus how weak our faith is. We have to let Jesus into our hearts and he will fulfill our heart's desire. And we see this, if someone can read in Mark 9, 17 through 24, if you remember this parable, if someone can read that parable there on the handout. A son who had a mute spirit who would seize him, throw him down, the son would foam at the mouth, gnashing his teeth and became rigid. The father spoke to Jesus' disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring it to me. And when that spirit saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And the father said, From childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. Sorry. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So that is a good parable there. Actually, it was not a parable. It actually happened that we see why the disciples could not perform this miracle, right? You look at the Father. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us. If you can do anything. Now, you think about, he had to hear the report that was going around about Jesus and all the miracles that were happening, but he had doubt in his heart still. Was his son too hard for Jesus, what he was dealing with health-wise? No, it wasn't. It wasn't a hard situation for Jesus, and we sang that tonight. The name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus brings healing. The name of Jesus brings deliverance. We see that in Jesus. He was more than willing to heal this father's son. And it's interesting that the father said, Lord, help my unbelief. Because even though I have heard the report of you and the miracles you're doing, and I have a need right now, but, and it's not even for me, it's for someone else, it's for my son. Can you really touch him and heal him and make him whole? And Jesus said, yeah. Deaf and dumb spirit, come out of him now. And he did. 
he did. And the disciples asked them privately, why couldn't we cast it out? And he said, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting, which builds your faith. Andrew Murray, uh, Jesse told me about a book one of her ladies she's counseling was reading. And I downloaded it because I said, let me try, I love Andrew Murray. So, but it's from the Ministry of Intercession. And Andrew Murray said, if we will but believe in God and his faithfulness, intercession will become to us the very first thing we take refuge in when we seek blessing for others and the very last thing for which we cannot find time. And it will become a thing of joy and hope because all the time we pray, we know that we are sowing seeds that will bring forth fruit a hundredfold. Praying in faith, that's what we're looking at tonight. Praying in faith. If we would but believe in God and his faithfulness, that was the theme, right? Remember the last Bible study we did? It's faith in God and his faithfulness. Intercession will become to us the very first thing we take refuge in when we seek blessing for others. We'll go to the Lord. And the very last thing for which we cannot find time. Right? If we see how great the need is, I mean, look at the father with the son. It was a great need there. But he knew, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. Do you think his faith soared after he saw the healing of his son and every day he was around his son and he knew what his son was like before? but he saw his son in his right frame of mind. You think the father's faith soared through the roof and didn't doubt in who Jesus was and is and can do? Yeah. So the second point from the Bible study was faith in God. What can we learn about prayer from the verses that are listed there? Ephesians 3, 11 through 12. Deborah, can you read that one? Through faith in him, we could have confidence and boldness. Jesus proved he is the son of God. He raised from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the father. He proved who he was. Jesus alone is able to provide access to God because he alone paid the penalty for our sins. So if he was willing to do that for us, we could have faith in God that he cares so much about mankind, so much about the lost, that he sent his only son to redeem mankind back to him. And we know not everyone's gonna say yes to him, but still we pray, right? That they would. We still pray because we believe, God, if you save me, if you have mercy on me, I'm, I believe you want to touch and reach that person too. I don't know how you're going to do it, 
but I know who you are. It's amazing how the Lord just keeps extending himself, extending himself, extending himself over and over and over, reading through the book of Jeremiah. And that's why I was so encouraged when Jeff read through Hosea, that passage, because I was reading through Jeremiah today, and it's just the reality of God was crying out through this prophet, return to me, you're backslidden. Return to me, I'll have mercy on you. You see God's heart in the midst of it. It was hard what Jeremiah had to say to God's people, but you saw God's heart in the midst of it. He wanted to have mercy on them. He wanted to relent his judgment. He wanted, he didn't want to pour it out on them, but they kept hardening their heart and stiffening their necks. But we see God that Jeremiah still was willing to speak the truth. Different men and women of God still willing to speak the truth because they had faith that God would answer their prayers, even though they may not see the answer to their prayers. We know God hears and he listens and he's moving on their behalf behind the scene. So in John 14, verse 8 through 15, in the upper room, Jesus taught the importance of faith and its relationship to prayer. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It's another promise. This is from Jesus. Hebrews 11 verse 1 through 4 tells us, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world, who be in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So we're looking at this section here, right? Section number two, faith in God. And Jesus basically, when we looked at John 14, he was telling Philip, if you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. The works that you see me do, the miracles you see me do, 
It's the heart of the Father. If you've seen me, Philip, you've seen what your Father in heaven is like. In Hebrews, what we see there, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. He purged our sins. He made a way for us. And his name, he has a more excellent name than any other name. And we sang that tonight about his name. His name is powerful. It's wonderful. It's glorious. So when we look at faith in God, how, how does faith come? How would you answer that question? How does faith come when you look at these scripture verses that we're looking at? Even the son that had the, the spirit that would seize him and throw him down to the ground. And how does faith come? By trusting who Jesus is. How else does faith come? By the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. We read in Romans. So what do you need to do, do you think, to grow your faith? Prayer, trust him. What else do you need to do to grow your faith? Be in the word of God. Yeah. Be in the word of God for what purpose? To know him. Yeah. Yeah, to know him. To know what he's like, his heart. I ran into uh, Steve Gallagher not too long ago in Walmart, and we were talking for like probably an hour and a half. (laughs) And we were just talking about the scriptures and the reality of the Old Testament. He He was saying, you know, the problem today is people just read the New Testament. They don't even read the Old Testament. And I was telling him, I love the Old Testament. I mean, I love the Old Testament. Because in it, even though it seems like God is is hard on sin, and he has to be, he's holy, he's just, he's righteous, yet in the midst of it, you see his heart. Repent, I'm long-suffering, I'm tender-hearted, I'm I'm patient with you, I don't I mean, you read all these scriptures about who God is in the Old Testament, you see his heart in the midst of it. And... Yeah. Along the lines of what you're saying, and Meadowview, just, just an example, Justin, this uh, week, uh, I wasn't even at the, the younger kids' part, but it was the same idea that he was teaching them about trust. And um, the example was um, he had one of the ch- one of the children whose dad was there um, do a, kind of that trust fall. Oh, and, yeah. And asked her, you know, why did, why did you do that? And she mm-hmm. says, because I know him. Right. It was, she gave the right answer. It was like she did. She was able to to let herself fall and trust that her daddy would catch her because she knew him. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great, great illustration. Yes, great illustration. So, if we are doubting God, if we're not having faith in God, we need to get back in the Word, right? But with the purpose to know Him. We could also read through the Gospels, you know, and see how Jesus interacted with every person he came in contact with. The miracles he did, everything he did. Let me start all over again. Sometimes my tongue don't work right. The the other question I had there before I, I, I touch on what Jesus said about himself, how do we know the will of God? 
when we're hearing the word, right? Like Samantha said, looking at the life of Jesus through the Gospels, like I mentioned. So we know who God is because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We can also see what the will of God is, the will of the Father is, and pray according to the will of the Father when we're in the Word, you know, like Jeremiah, or different prophets of old. All you would see is they would pray back what God promised to the people that were going, his people that were going into captivity. They would pray back prayers to God. God, you said, you said, God, you said, now tonight we heard two promises. Lord, you said, Hosea 2, we, we're going to call you our husband one day, betrothed us to you in faithfulness and righteousness and, and everything that's listed there. Lord, you said, I believe that. I believe that. I believe you're going to do that. You're, you're not a liar. You know, and that's what you see. The more that we're in the Word and we know our Heavenly Father, we see we can trust Him. It's like the little girl. We could fall back in His arms and, and know He's not going to drop us. He's not going to let us fall. The will of God, right here. Jesus, when He was in the synagogue, it was neat because when we went to Israel, we went to the synagogue where Jesus read this in Luke 4, 18 through 19 in Capernaum in verse 21. He said about himself, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he said, he closed the books and he said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. But was it actually fulfilled? Because it was after this, he started his ministry and he did all these things. But he was basically telling him, I'm the Messiah. I am the one that you've been reading about all this time in the Old Testament of the one that was going to come and do these things. I am he. How awesome is that? So do you think if you are praying in faith, right? We're praying in faith, praying, believing God to do these things that Jesus said. And we saw Jesus do these things when he was here and still does these things today. Some of us in this room can testify how Jesus came to them in this way. You think it's right to pray these things for those that are heavy on your heart? Yeah. You can have faith, right? Yeah. 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 Because you know who he is. You've seen him in the Gospels. You've seen him in real time in your own life. You've seen him in the lives of others do this. Can we have faith in God? Yes, we can. So praying in Jesus' name expresses alignment of one's desire and purposes with God. Jesus in John that was leaning on the Jesus' breast, he was very close to Jesus in 1 John 5, 14, 15. Deborah, can you read that? I'm going to let you read it. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Is that a promise? This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, if we are in the word of God and we know what Jesus said about his mission when he was here, right? According to his will, we pray that to Jesus. Lord, you see my... Lord, you see this person, how brokenhearted they are over the divorce maybe they're facing right now. Or the children, how brokenhearted they are in it right now. Would you go to them? Reveal yourself to them. Would you heal their heart? Just like you've healed mine so many times. My heart was broken, but you were there for me. Would you come in that way to them? Can we have confidence that Jesus hears us? When we pray that way? You think it's his will? Yeah. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, according to his will, and how do we know his will again? By the word of God. We know that we have the petition that we asked of him. Jesus said in John 15, 7, if you abide in me, have that ongoing relationship with me, and my words abide in you, ask whatsoever you will and it shall be done to you. If you abide in me, our Lord says, you shall ask and it shall be done unto you. It is the prayer of a righteous man, according to James, that availeth much, right? We saw that in the last Bible study we did on faith. And we receive whatsoever we ask, John says, because we obey and please God. These are some of the characteristics in our lives hopefully <laughs> we come in Jesus name our great high priest who's seated at the right hand of the father S.D. Gordon listen to this quote here and this is from the Bible study says as we do come in Jesus's name it is the same as though Jesus prayed <laughs> It is the same as though, let me be saying it very softly, so it may seem very reverent, as though Jesus put his arm in yours and took you up to the Father and said, Father, here is a friend of mine. We're on good terms. Please give him or her anything they ask for my sake. And the Father would quickly bend over and graciously say what'll you what'll you <laughs> what will you have and right we would see Jesus what what can I do for you if you're willing Lord of course I'm willing you may have anything you ask when my son asks for it some of these quotes we need to like really meditate and ponder. 
Because we wouldn't be lame, if I could say it that way, in our prayers, if we really grabbed a hold of what's being said here. Wouldn't be arrogant, because we realize it's only because of Jesus <laughs> that I can even come before the Father. But we wouldn't limit God. We wouldn't pray little prayers, you know what I mean? Jesus promised his disciples, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? From Luke eleven thirteen. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. We sang tonight a song about that. Yes. Do you by faith believe as you're singing it God is doing that very thing. Jesus is doing that very thing in you. Are you taking it by faith? Because Jesus said, if you ask, seek, and knock, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Do we have to feel a certain way to know God has answered that prayer? Faith in God. Faith. And I know you can testify to what I'm saying because how many times do we come in here maybe out of it or carrying a heavy burden and we enter into worship and we leave here and we know God's done something inside for us. He's done something inside. It's faith. Whatever we ask the Father in Jesus' name, It says, if Jesus put his arm in yours and took you up to the Father and said, Father, here is a friend of mine. We're on good terms. Please give a, him or her anything they ask for my sake. And the Father would quickly bend over and graciously say, what will you have? You may have anything you ask when my son asks for it. Lord, give us strength. Lord, give us grace. Lord, give her wisdom. Lord, give her what she needs inside. We heard that tonight, right? God's going to fill us to overflowing if we keep coming to him. Keep pursuing him. Verse 9, ask, it shall be given. God's given is inseparably connected without asking. He applies this especially to the Holy Spirit as surely as a father on earth gives bread to his child. So God gives the Holy Spirit to them that ask. So in Andrew Murray's book again, on ministry of the Holy Spirit, uh, the <laughs> ministry of intercession. The early church had such faith in his promise to hear them in whatever they asked that they prayed in the assurance that the powers of heaven could work on earth and would work at their requests and on their behalf. The Pentecostal church believed in prayer, asking, believing, and they practiced it. 
Remember, they saw the miracles. All those up in the upper room. And Jesus made a promise to them. His last commandment to them while he was here on earth was to tarry, to wait for the Holy Spirit. He would baptize them in the Holy Spirit so they could be his witnesses, effective witnesses. They believed. They believed. Day in and day out, they went into that upper room and they prayed. They went back and they prayed. They went back and they prayed. They went back and they prayed. Why keep going back and keep praying unless you really believe God's going to answer it, right? But remember, they saw the miracles. They saw. The greatest miracle of all, they saw him resurrected. God's not a liar. God's not a liar. Our Abba Father is more willing to give good things to those who ask him than any earthly father to give his child bread. Because remember, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness, for eternal life. Eternal life. However, in his wisdom, righteousness and love he dare not give us what would do us harm if we received it too early or too soon or too easily that we have to remind ourselves because the timing may not be right but he knows the right time he might choose fancy, he might make us wait. How are we when he's making us wait? Do we still have faith in God when we don't see? Sometimes he knows it will benefit us more if we go through the trial mm-hmm. to then give us scripture where I think it's in Isaiah when you pass through the water when you go through the fire pass through the rivers I'll, I'll be with you when you that's key when you so that tells me okay <laughs> I may not now but eventually I'm going to be going through some fire or water but I don't have to be discouraged Jesus is with us he's with us so can someone read Mark eleven twenty through 26? Read it real loud. Because we're going to look at why sometimes we see that it's God's desire to give us everything we need, right? Or for someone else. If we come on behalf of someone else to answer those prayers that we're praying for people. But sometimes what happens is it can seem like What's hindering my prayers? 
right? There's got to be something hindering my prayers. So with that in mind, if someone could read Mark 11, 20 through 26 real loud so we can get you on the tape. Whoever has the loudest voice in this room. That would be Diane. Do we take that serious when we pray for others? See, that's why I like journaling because I've changed my format how I do my journaling. I start off with repentance and confession. Psalm 139, 23, 24. Search me, O God, know my heart, try me, and I'll tell you, he does. Show me my anxious ways. Yeah. So, but it's so important to come that way because if there's unforgiveness or something else there, it's going to hinder, it's going to block the rest of your time with the Lord. So we want God to deal with our hearts, especially in this area of unforgiveness or not forgiving others because Jesus made a promise there that if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, don't, don't doubt in your heart, but believe the things that he said will be done. It will be done. That mountain will be cast into the sea. But if you have unforgiveness in your heart towards someone, that mountain's gonna stay there. So you wonder, is the mountain unforgiveness that he's talking about that just came to me was that the mountain that jesus was talking about matthew 6 14 and 15 this isn't on your handouts but i'll read it to you jesus said for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And we read Mark eleven twenty five through 26. But Luke 11, 4 says, and if you forgive, uh, we should pray, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And this is when the disciples had asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And one thing you can do if you want to journal, you can write each one of those points in the Lord's Prayer down in that journal and go through it before the Lord and just, Lord, search my heart. If there's any unforgiveness there or if there is a mountain of unforgiveness there, help me to let it go. What's interesting is right after he said to pray, um, forgive us as we forgive others, right after that is lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I tell you, break it down. Break it down and go before the Lord with it. I've been doing it for about a month now, and it's been really, really good. You know, it was during my reset. It was in the, one of the books that I was reading that he said, you know, the disciples, they teach us how to pray. Well, Jesus gave them how to pray. So why aren't we using that to pray to the Lord? And not to say like the Catholic, just say 10 now, fathers, and you're good. No, <laughs> it's not that. It doesn't mean that. So where am I here? We got five minutes left. So... So it's very important to make sure we don't have anything hindering our prayers. If our heart is right before the Lord and before others, then you keep persevering in prayer. You just keep persevering and keep persevering and keep persevering. And you keep having faith in his will, the third point there. There's a quote there that says, Jesus exhorted his disciples to believe that they have already received whatever they request in prayer. Faith accepts it as good as done, even though the actual answer is still future. Jesus made this promise on the recognized promise that petitions must be in harmony with God's will. This enables faith to receive the answer God gives. God is always ready to respond to obedient believers' prayer, and they can petition him knowing that no situation or difficulty is impossible for them, for him. It's not an impossibility for Jesus. First John 5, 13 through 15, again, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you might know you have eternal life and that you may continue. It's not enough just to believe to be saved. You may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So that's ongoing. Yes. And that's why we're always challenged in that area or attacked in that area, our faith. Because it's powerful what we believe about God, what we believe about Jesus. R.A. Tory. Well, you know what? I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to go to the next, uh, what Charles Spurgeon said. 
Mind you, he does not say to all men, I will give you whatever you ask. That would be an unkind kindness. But he speaks to his disciples who have already received great grace at his hand. It is to disciples he commits this marvelous power of prayer. So I would close with Psalm 18, verses 1 through 3, where David prayed a prayer of faith. And he said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, he's my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. He's my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. And that was his testimony. And we know God was faithful. He heard David. David believed. And he still had to face a lot of opposition, but he still believed. And I want to close with a song I'm going to play for you all, but I can't play it on the tape because it's copyrighted. So. Um, it's in the name of Jesus, God of possible. And <clears throat> I'm going to play that, but before I play it, let me just say a word of prayer. Lord, I do thank you for this time that we've had together tonight, Lord, and I thank you that you're continuing to build our faith and continuing to encourage us to keep believing you for miracles, Lord. We know what your mission was when you were here on earth, Lord, and it's still your mission today. And you have commanded us to do likewise, Lord, even though we're unprofitable servants, Lord. We know it's not based on us, it's based on who you are and your heart and what you desire to do for mankind. For those that don't know you, you want to bring them into a knowledge of who you are. Lord, you want to fill the earth with the glory of the Lord and the knowledge of who Jesus is. And one day that is actually going to happen, yes. Lord. And again, we just want to continue to trust you. Lord, we want to continue to believe everything you have said, Lord, in your word, Lord, for, for ourselves, for those that have needs, Lord. God, help us, Lord. Help us to grow and keep growing in this area of faith and also in intercession, Lord. And I do pray that as we do listen to this song that we will just be reminded how powerful the name of Jesus is. In your name we pray, amen.